Uh, we are in the book of Joshua now. We're, we're skipping over to Joshua. We'll be in Joshua more or less for the next two months. And so if you want to turn there, we'll be starting in chapter one today. <clears throat> Have you ever felt completely unprepared for the reality you're facing or have faced? Go back, those of you who are parents, that, that day that they said, okay, you can go home with that first child, they're like, are you seriously thinking I can deal with this? this I, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't know what we're doing. I mean, the second one, they're just like, yeah, you can go whatever. And we're like, yeah, we can go whatever. And then by number four, it's like, yeah. Uh, what, what, what's, I, I heard this good one. It's like, you know, the first child, you take picture after picture after picture, and you got this large file. By about number three, you throw a Polaroid or a, into the crib and say, take your own pictures. <laughs> Don't even ask about number five. <laughs> There's so many things in life, we'll, we'll get into situations where we just feel completely unprepared for the situation. You, you know, marriage, parenting, moving, a job change, a, a ministry leadership. Joshua here is a guy who has been part of the story since Exodus 17. That's the first time we meet him. And now he's in a situation where I wonder if he felt ready or whether he felt deeply overwhelmed. You see, if you just go back a page, Deuteronomy chapter 34, the death of Moses. And so we've been walking with, with Moses and we've seen everything that he's kind of been through and the, the challenges that he has had to face as the chosen leader for God's people right from the burning bush way back in Exodus chapter three. Like, I mean, this, this is all Moses and his story, and we get to the end of it. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab according to the word of the Lord, and he, God, buried him there in the valley of the land of Moab opposite Beth Peor, but no one knows the place of his burial to this day. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eye was undimmed, his vigor unabated. And the people of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days. And then the days of weeping and mourning for Moses were ended. And Joshua, son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands upon him. So the people of Israel obeyed him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. And there has not arisen a prophet since in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. None like him for all the signs and the wonders that the Lord had sent him to do in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land and for all the might and power and all the great deeds of terror that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. Whew, big shoes to fill. So Joshua is now the guy. Can you just imagine that? You've got to follow Moses. Wow. So let's stand together and read Joshua chapter 1. 
After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness of this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, to the land of the Hittites, to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their forefathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And Joshua commanded the officers of the people, pass through the midst of the camp and command the people, prepare your provisions for within three days you are to pass over this Jordan and go in to take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you to possess. And to the Reubenites and Gadites and the half tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the word that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God is providing you a place of rest, and you will, and will give you this land. Your wives and your little ones and your livestock may remain in the land that Moses gave you beyond the Jordan, but all the men of valor among you shall pass over armed before your brothers and shall help them until the Lord gives rest to your brothers as he has to you. And they also take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and shall possess it, the land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise. And they answered Joshua, All that you have commanded us we will do, and wherever you send us we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you only. May the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your commandments and disobeys your words, whatever you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. This is the word of the Lord. So Joshua is now tasked with leading the entire nation of Israel in the next phase to cross the Jordan to take possession of the land. And it's a big, big job. Joshua's position prior to Moses' death was that he was an aide and he went with Moses, he walked with Moses, he went up the mountain with Moses, he waited outside the door of the tent of the tabernacle when Moses went in. He was always there with Moses. He was one of the, the, uh, the 
12 that went in to spy out the land 40 years previously and only one of the two that brought back a good report. But here he has some pretty big shoes to fill now. Imagine (laughs) the first thing that God says to you, Moses, my servant, is dead. Wow. The man that you have been mentored by, walked with, lived with, who has been, you've been his right-hand man, is now gone, and now God is speaking directly to you. Wow. But this is after a month of mourning Moses' death that God speaks. It's now time to move on. You know, what, just, you know, put yourself in Joshua's shoes for a minute. What questions would be going through your mind? Okay, what's next? Am I really the guy that's to lead now? Is, Is God really with us? How will I know what I'm supposed to do and where I'm supposed to go? Moses used to get all that information directly from God. Now what? And in the first five verses of God speaking, the first answer comes to all of Joshua's questions, and that is, I am going to be with you. And God gives direction and comfort to Joshua through his presence. He's speaking to him, but he also says, I have given, you know, I, just as I am, uh, go down to verse five, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. I will be present with you in this Joshua. God promises his presence to his people, and this gives direction for their lives and comfort. I will be with you. And it's no accident that the very first title that Jesus Christ is to receive in Matthew chapter 1 is Emmanuel, God with us, his presence for direction and comfort. John chapter 14, 18, Jesus is talking to the disciples after after the the last supper and the washing of the feet. And this is the last night Jesus will physically be present with them before the crucifixion. And Jesus tells them, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Matthew 28, 20, behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. God promises his presence with his people. Romans chapter 8, which I think all of us should memorize. It's just a phenomenal chapter, but some, some verses out of this one about God's presence with us. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit who dwells in you. Wow. Now, earlier on in, the, in just a couple verses earlier, Paul's saying, if, the spirit of, if you don't have the spirit of Christ, if the spirit of God doesn't dwell in you, then you're, you're, you're not in. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body 
through the Spirit who dwells in you, God's presence is promised. You just scan down a little bit in Romans 8.26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we don't know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes with groanings too deep for words. When we don't know what to pray, when we're in a situation where, where we're just wordless in prayer and it's just the depth of emotion and brokenness that's driving us to prayer, we know that the presence of God is there to direct us and to comfort us and to pray for us deeply with word, with groans too deep for words. The Spirit himself is with us. And then as Romans 8 wraps up, for I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. God is with his people to bring direction and comfort. God promised his presence with Joshua for the days and the tasks ahead. And Jesus has done the same for us. Our mission is not to conquer a land, but to make disciples. But just like Joshua, we can't do this on our own. We need the power and the presence of Emmanuel, God with us. And he has promised us just that. But even more than that, he gives us his spirit who dwells in us. God promises his presence. And we have direction and comfort through that. Secondly, look at Joshua 1, 6 to 9. Be strong and courageous. You shall cause this people to inherit the land I swore to give to them. Be careful to do according to the law. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Second point, God gives strength and courage through his word. Over and over it says, I said this, I declared this, I promised this. Over and over in Joshua 1, it's all about God's spoken word to his people. God isn't making stuff up. He's, he's not saying, well, Joshua, I got an idea, but we'll see how it goes. He's like, no, 400 years ago, I promised this to Abram and I'm going to be good on it. It's going to come through. God is fulfilling his word to his people. This whole thing here takes us back to Genesis 12, 15, 17, 22, hundreds of years in the past. A promise was going to be fulfilled because God keeps his word. And so be strengthened, be encouraged, have courage, be strong and courageous because I am a God of my word and my word is my bond. Joshua was reminded of God's words and Joshua is commanded to be a Psalm 1 kind of guy. Verse 8, you think of, of, of Psalm, chapter, uh, Psalm chapter 1. He is the, the, the man of righteousness is like a tree planted by the rivers whose leaf does not wither, his fruit is in season. Why? Because day and night he meditates on the law of God. And this is what God commands Joshua here. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. Joshua's strength and courage isn't to come from his own ambition. He's not to just kind of whip this up on his own and say, yeah, we can do this because I'm great and our people are good and our army's well-equipped. No, Joshua's strength and courage is to come from the revealed word 
of God. What God has said. Living a life of confidence and courage is something that we all strive toward, but it doesn't often get found. If we look to ourselves, our abilities, our understanding, our world, our government, we're going to come up short every time. We will not find stability and surety that we need to live confidently. We need to look outside of ourselves to something bigger, and that something bigger is God himself and the word that he has spoken. Jeremiah chapter 15, 16, it's this great verse. I don't have it, didn't tell Mike about it, so it won't be up on the screen, but just hear this. Your words were found and I ate them, and your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. Your words were found and I ate them. Your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart. And I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. We must not look to our own hearts, but to the very words of our creator, our designer, the one who knows the very depths of our sin and our depravity and our brokenness and who loves us so much that he gave his only son to free us and forgive us and to make us whole and to send us his indwelling spirit to give us life. A life of confidence and courage in the face of a dark and threatening world can only come from the word of God. What he says matters more than what I feel. So how much time are we spending in the word of God? Are we being saturated with the very breathed out words of God? 2 Timothy 3.16, for all scripture is God breathed and it's God breathed is in one word in the Greek theos and pneumatic, you know, a pneumatic air, air tool, something that's driven by the air that God has driven his word, his very breath in the scripture. Are we being saturated with the very breathed out words of God, the words of our creator, redeemer, our savior, our Lord, our coming king who formed us and fashioned us, who sought us and bought us with his redeeming blood. God gives strength and courage to us through his word. In the 1800s, a pastor named Andrew Murray said this, a readiness to believe every promise implicitly and to obey every command unhesitatingly, to stand perfect and complete in all the will of God is the only true spirit of Bible study. That came up weird on there. So God gives strength and courage through his word. Our first point was God gives direction and comfort through his presence. Secondly, God gives strength and courage through his word. Thirdly, God gives hope and victory through his promises. And that's kind of the rest of the chapter speaks to this. So, so God speaks to Joshua, then Joshua is to speak to the people and the people respond to, to him and they, they accept him as the new leader. The people respond to Joshua because God has appointed him to succeed Moses. But notice some interesting parallels with Exodus chapter 19. 
Uh, prepare yourself for in three days, you're gonna cross the Jordan. And in Exodus 19, prepare yourself for in three days, God's gonna come on the mountain. This is a, this is a time of preparation for a, a seismic shift in your relationship with God, this three-day gap. We'll see that throughout scripture. Most importantly, in three days, I will rise again. And then the people respond to this at the end of the chapter And they say this, all that you have commanded we will do and wherever you send us we will go just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Now I kind of find that response kind of almost humorous after all we've studied uh, throughout Numbers. Because, you know, you get a few years past an event and you kind of get rose-colored glasses, right? No, we were awesome. No, you weren't. How many times did they fight and bicker and disobey Moses? But they're here starting, it's a new day. It's, it's a new thing that is going on and they are taking a step forward because really the whole thing is dependent on God fulfilling his word for his people. As much as this book that we're studying over the next month or so is called Joshua, it is really a record of God continuing his actions for his people. And we may sing Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, but what did Joshua actually do? Obeyed. Who brought the wall down? God. And as you read through Joshua, you'll notice that God gives Joshua instructions as to how to go about everything and where to go and how to do things. And God is the most active character in the book. The conquest of Canaan is about God's work, God's presence, God's purpose, and God's promises being fulfilled. Yes, Joshua and Israel must walk in obedience, but it's God who makes it happen. So God gives direction and comfort through his presence. God gives strength and courage through his word, and he gives hope and victory through his promises because he is fulfilling his word through it all. So what is it that you might be facing in life that is overwhelming and that you feel completely unprepared for that has you questioning if God is really with you? Abide in his presence. If you need direction and comfort, rest in his abiding presence. If you need strength and courage, rest in his authoritative word. And if you need hope for victory, Rest in his unfailing promises to be with you and to speak with you.